Hello, I'm your host Ben and you're listening to Your Career Kit, brought to you by Employment for Students, a podcast where we share the best career tips and advice as well as bringing you industry professionals to share their inspiring stories to help kickstart and further your career. For more information as well as student jobs, head to e4s.co.uk. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. For the last 20 years, E4S has been helping students find student employment all over the UK. In that time, they've helped over 40 million students find employment. And today we're speaking to the co-founder, Chris Eccles. So Chris, hello, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Ben. Very well, thanks. Yeah, good, good. Um, so let's start off with the beginning. So you started E4S back in, what's 2000? Um, so you, you, know, you just celebrated your 20th birthday in June. That's correct. Yeah. So set up in uh, my uh, first year at university. It's a friend of mine's idea, a guy I knew from school. And um, yeah, we just, yeah, he had an idea that, you know, increasingly students were using uh, the internet. Uh, cause obviously back then it was, it was still fairly new. Um, strange to think now. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he realized that actually it was a pretty good thing to do to look for jobs. Um, you know, obviously it's the first place people go now to look for jobs, but back then most people were still using magazines and newspapers to advertise um, recruitment. So it was quite a novel idea, but uh, it seemed to work. And obviously students had free access to the internet at university. So um, yeah, we, we gave it a whirl, really. It was a bit of a project and nothing else to begin with. And um, that was partly in retaliation to the um, introduction of uh, tuition fees, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they just come in with we first or second year group to, to get tuition fees and back then it was a nice upfront welcome to university there was a bill for you know about 1500 pounds as the first thing you got as you walked in the door so it was kind of an upfront thing that everyone had to pay almost be able to pay so yeah it was, it was a strange time really university was definitely changing and the students lives were um becoming trickier from a financial point of view um, so there was yeah. more and more need uh, to work you know just from a purely financial perspective back then I guess if we sort of look over the, the timeline of tuition fees, it, it went up to, I think it was £3,000 in 2004, and then 2010 they announced that in 2012 they're going to introduce it or raise up to the £9,000 it is now. So that is sort of ever, ever more important for students to get jobs, isn't it? It is definitely. As I say, now it's slightly different because the, the fees are paid, you know, once you graduate and, and you, you pay it back a, you know, a percentage depending on what you earn. But um, back then it was kind of upfront for as soon as you arrived. Um, you know, albeit you had loans and things. So, yeah, the, the structure's changed a little bit, but the principles are the same. Students still need need work to just to, to live, really. Um, you know, as well as all the other benefits you actually get from from doing jobs as well. I guess if you also look at things like the the housing market, it's affected students as well in terms of the the rent for students is still astronomically high. Is so they they need those extra funds in terms of even though you get that that maintenance loan, you've got to still make it stretch. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the stats, I think, even back then, I think most students need to do some kind of work, whether it's part-time jobs or intern time or, or working holidays. I think it was about 80% of students used to work, and I think the numbers aren't too different today as well. So, yeah, there's, there's always been that need, and, and you know, students have never been shy of, of working. And it's just the internet has made it much easier for people to go on somewhere and actually find those jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting you say you started um, the E4S when you are actually in university. Um, what was that like sort of starting a business when everyone else around you was out partying and stuff and sort of just focusing on uni or, you know, you've got this extra side project that sort of looking back on it, 
at the time did you think that you'd be helping you know over 20 years 40 million plus students to to find jobs absolutely not no no idea no it was it was strange i mean it, as i threw myself into it as a bit of a project i thought it'd be quite a good learning opportunity and it, and it was it was strange there were some times where you know my friends would be out you know go for a night out and i'd be sitting there um in the sort of computer room in our halls residence as it was back then um you know trying to put this website together and occasionally on the phone trying to speak to employers and encouraging them to, to list their job on the site so yeah it was a it was a really interesting learning to have. It was a bit strange, um, but I, I didn't think it would you know, be my job. It was just something I thought was a worthwhile thing to try and do. Um, and then I sort of finished university and the idea still seemed sound. It just needed some more sort of full-time efforts to go into it really. So, so I just carried on doing it and it, it just ticked along from there. That's a nice little side project that had to be there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, one unique thing about employment with students is that you offer a whole range of different employment types. So, you know, you've got part-time jobs, gap years, internships, school leave, so apprenticeships, right up to graduate jobs. So you cover the whole spectrum. Is there other time where you think it's, you know, it, there's other businesses in this sort of sector in terms of recruitment who offer just one sort of, they just look at placements or just look at gap years. So you've got that quite unique position, haven't you? Yeah, we do. So when we first started the business, it was just focusing on part-time and holiday jobs for students. And then we realised actually students kind of want one place to go to where they can access all the jobs they might need whilst they're studying. And there's such a range of different jobs you know, students can and probably should be doing um, over the course of their education. But yeah, we now cover the whole lot, right from you know, a school student looking for a, a Saturday job, right through to you know, apprenticeships and gap years and, and uh, the internships and graduate jobs as well. So I think it's just trying to make lives as easy for students as possible by having all the jobs under one roof definitely yeah and sort of as a student as well when we come to when you go to e4s it's you're hiring you they want students don't they rather than you know I've, I've had a disappointment before you apply for a job and they turn around and say well no we don't want students you know it it's, can be quite sort of disheartening when you do that but i think that's certainly a huge benefit to the e4s website is that people actually want to hire students yeah that's it um, there, there are a lot of companies out there who, you know, who find students are, you know, a great employee, you know, flexible and, um, you know, keen to learn and, and they throw themselves into it. But there are also a lot of jobs there that don't work for a student, you know, they haven't got that flexibility. Um, they can't hire someone who's going to be around for a few weeks during term time and then is off for the holidays, for example. So I think it's, yeah, it's helpful knowing that when you come to our site, the employers that are on there are all companies actually want to hire students and, mm -hmm. and recognize the benefits um, and can be flexible to accommodate them in their specific set of needs that's the thing isn't it? a lot of the time students can actually have quite a few benefits because you know sometimes they can be more flexible they're more willing to work sort of get that overtime in so especially for something like a supermarket job or um you know the jobs like restaurant jobs which are typically for students it is quite beneficial for employees themselves it is exactly yeah that's a two-way thing mm -hmm. so you know, we've had a quite quite rough few months um, and one of your well-performing pages has been work from home, isn't it? Um, so looking at a wide range of jobs and that's something that isn't just for students, isn't it? It can literally be for anyone, the, the range of jobs you have on there. Yeah, it can be. Um, yeah, we recognised a few years ago that actually, you know, jobs um, that students can do from home is, is really good, you know, predominantly for students, but actually, yeah, those jobs are available to anyone at all. Um, we didn't anticipate obviously what was coming and um, you know now I think what's happening is really interesting in the way that a lot of other jobs are now companies have had to adjust and they're now having to allow people to do them from home um, I guess what's interesting to see whether that 
you know, continues in the long term um, once this thing is over. Uh, I suspect it will to some extent. And um, that's great for students. I mean, the more jobs that are online, the more it removes those kind of geographical barriers. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, historically, students in some big cities have had been found it much easier to get jobs and often better paid jobs. Whereas I think that online revolution will hopefully help to level that up a little bit so students anywhere can, can have access to the same you know, good quality jobs at a, a decent wage. Yeah, because one benefit to that as well is that, from my experience, it's quite hard because sometimes you can get a job in your university city, you go back home, you know, you've got nothing. Um, so that can sort of merge sort of the blurred lines in between that. You can sort of feel it, can't you? Sort of if you have a job at home, but you don't want a university, you can do the work from home section and vice versa. That's quite, quite a big benefit there. Yeah, definitely. And again, that's something that's fairly unique for students as well, that transition sort of three times a year between different geographies. Um, you know, it, it does create barriers um, and, well, and some opportunities as well. But I guess, yeah, the work, those kind of remote jobs, it just, it just removes that complication. Absolutely, yeah. So the whole coronavirus pandemic, you know, it, it's affected the whole world pretty much. And the UK especially hit hard in terms of the, the, the lockdown that we had. It was quite, you know, we're still kind of in it. Everything's become a bit clearer, but there's still restrictions. So how, how have you found managing that in terms of employers, their outlook on, on the future? I mean, it's undoubtedly been the toughest thing we've come across in, in 20 years. Um, I mean, we've been through, you know, we started in the dot-com, the dot-com bubble was bursting effectively. So that was, that was a recession, which was tricky. But this has just been incredible, the way that, you know, businesses haven't been allowed to operate. And also the impact that's had on some of the more traditional student jobs, like hospitality jobs. Uh, retail jobs they've just been they just haven't been allowed to operate so um you know that's been very very unusual and, and had a huge hold uh, sorry taken a huge toll on you know the types of jobs that students can do um and the employees are, are recruiting so you know we're still very much in the thick of it really um i think it's you know it's hard to know exactly what impact it's going to have over the next 12 months on the students but it's certainly a very negative one um at the moment so I guess for students, it's a case of looking at the positives and any opportunities in any kind of, whenever there's serious change, there's always, you know, for those that lose and those that can win. Um, so I guess it's about looking for the opportunities and, and seeing what students can do, um, you know, what additional jobs are available. As I say, the, the online jobs, which, you know, some have always been there and maybe it's, it's kind of forcing students to look at those and there's additional jobs that are maybe going to get moved online, which, which students could benefit from. So I think going forward, that's, that's all we can really do is look for those opportunities that are going to unfold as a result of this definitely yeah and like you said you, you've been through you know this the biggest crisis you've seen in the last 20 years you mentioned the uh, the dot-com bubble bursting but also you, you know you, you've been through the 2008 global recession are there sort of similarities in between that and what sort what can students do that they did back then to help them now yeah there's there are some similarities but as the major difference is that you know, this has been very strange in as much as a lot of companies just simply haven't legally allowed to operate which is you know overnight these measures have come into place and, and they're just there and there's nothing a business can do in some situations to to trade really um i mean some have shifted their operations more online but um they're you know one of the biggest student recruiters in the uk is uh, a big hospitality uh, company that operate at events and those events simply aren't allowed to happen this year yeah, so exactly. those jobs just exist just can't exist um so yeah, we haven't had that before. 2008 was pretty bad. Um, it, it affected probably graduate jobs more than it did for the part-time jobs. And a lot of companies 
um, reduced their graduate intake and, and affected also their internship programs. Um, but it's, you know, the, com the country kept ticking along. There was some areas where jobs were cut back. Um, but actually, you know, a lot of, you know, restaurants and retailers and, and those kind of companies, you know, kept going. Um, so the impact on students was was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't insurmountable. But I think what it did lead to is, is far more competition, particularly for graduate jobs, we found. And I think that's going to be the same you know, in this. There's going to be far more competition. A lot of people fighting for a small number of jobs. That's the reality of it. So it's Absolutely, students yeah. to think about how they can stand out. What can they do differently? What can they do to employers to show that you know, they've got the skills and attitude uh, that'll make them a great employee? And I think that's the key. So it's, it's really looking at your CV and saying, okay, what, what are my strengths as a person? Uh, what do I need to improve? Is there anything I can do to improve those skills? Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's just getting some additional... Uh, doing things out of my comfort zone, you know, at university, whether it's projects, you know, team projects, that kind of thing, that can help to build that CV. And then it's it's really looking at your CV as well and, and thinking about how to sell yourself there and really talk up the skills you've got. I find it interesting going in and talking to uh, students and doing workshops and things and hearing some of the amazing experiences that they've they've got and some of the things they've done. Um, and often it's not listed in their CV. So they, yeah. they often don't realise that, that those kind of activities demonstrate really useful skills that employers want so i think yeah sometimes you just need some help with that and that's the case of talking to a careers advisor or um you know friends parents friends that kind of thing that's the thing isn't it you know we, we've got advice on on our website in terms of sort of cv advice cover letter tips but a lot of the time i think students think oh no this 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 has got to be on my cv because that traditionally you know what is perceived as a cv isn't it sort of the the qualifications you have the work experience but it's, it's all that stuff on the side that makes you stand out even if it's you know you you're a fan of hiking and you've had um you've got an achievement through that such as 10 tours of dov that you know that stands out or if you've done a little project for example um whether it be a little sort of engineering project during lockdown i think that's one thing that people could really do sort of take it in their stride the fact that we've currently got this period where there's uncertainty regarding universities you know what how are they going back there's a whole host of sort of online courses that we're able to do for free which you know 10 years ago in the 2008 recession probably weren't available so it's definitely sort of taking it in in our stride yeah that's that's a really good example actually i think it's about students as i say seeing this as an opportunity and saying how what can i do to show some initiative and, and to problem solve i mean all businesses need problem solvers you know that's that's what they want from their employees so anything you do is say well that's 10 tools give an example of where something went wrong and you, how you found a solution to it um, mm -hmm. those are the kind of things that employers want um there's also a saying that you can you should hire for attitude and train for skills uh, which again some jobs have a specific set of skills you need to do that job but a lot of those can be trained but actually what you can't train is someone's attitude so if as an employer you really want employees who've got a great attitude to come in who are keen to learn who are adaptable exactly who can solve problems as we as we discussed yeah um so i think yeah if you can get those kind of attitudes across um as part of your application on your cv through interview then that's how to stand yourselves apart Mm -hmm. and so I, I touched on hiking and 10 tours because that from personal experience um i did that of course it must have been about seven years ago when, when i was in year year nine it was and we were on a hike so those of you who don't know what 10 tours is it's you're, you're in dartmoor um which is in north devon or uh, south devon actually um and you're hiking across the moor and you've got to reach 10 tours and it's all ran by the army and you have the 35 mile the 45 mile 55 mile and at the time we were training for the 35 mile a few weeks for the actual event and it, the, the fog is just unreal. I, you have to be there to understand how bad it is sort of not being able to see sort of 20 meters in front of you. 
um and it was the, the sunday evening we were doing a training hike and we got lost um and we had this sort of protocol with our teacher where if you got lost you lost communication with the teacher after three hours you call the police um so we sort of we call the police say oh you know the seven of us are we're lost we've lost communication and they say to us all yes yeah, stay, stay put we're going to come find you so we're sort of there like oh okay you know there's gonna be some land rovers maybe some dogs maybe some people coming for us um and three hours later a helicopter comes and we're we're airlifted um so yeah, that, that was certainly an experience that i i always mention on my cv um in terms of problem solving staying calm in, in this sort of a crisis um ended up being on bbc uh bbc news so that, that's certainly experience but it's just things like that isn't it that you've just got a you got almost think of it as a race in the competition that you are competing against the other students it, it, it might be great yeah you have all these qualifications do list them but you know you've got to have that extra stuff that makes you think wow like i'm gonna go for this person yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's about yeah, setting yourself apart, as I say, the list your qualifications and, and skills and the, the things you've worked hard academically to achieve. But at the same time, um, you know, a lot of employers are looking for a certain set of attitudes and, and things which which aren't you can't necessarily get qualifications for. Um, so it's just about thinking about how you can demonstrate those um, through experiences. And that's a, a really good way of answering interview questions as well uh, if you ask a question it's about trying to give an example of when that's happened to you um you know what the problem was how you addressed it and show there's a positive outcome and if you can kind of use that kind of structure to your answers then it, again it helps to get these these things across yeah absolutely um and i think i guess one thing as well it's in terms of universities that students could or even a level depending on how they go on is that in terms of remote working that's something that you can sort of get used to whilst you're in your studies and then bring that forwards into, you know, into, into the workplace. Yeah, definitely. There's, it's, it's quite different uh, remote working. I mean, obviously you, you've got experience of it as well. Um, it, it is, it is very different. Um, it takes a bit of getting used to a bit of practice and, and a certain amount of self-discipline is required. So yeah, it's something that if you get the opportunity to do it a little bit, it's, it's well worth doing. And I guess, as you say, a lot of university students, uh, last term this term are having to study remotely as well and there are, there are parallels with that so yeah there's certainly no harm in um embracing that and and using that you know in an interview to show that you can be adaptable flexible uh, and self-disciplined which is a really useful skill and yeah I, i've loved sort of adapting to, to remote work and it's, it's been quite nice especially where i was able to test it a little bit when we were at university for the last few weeks when they they changed everything to you know within sort of I think it was a week they were like no you've got to all stay at home do everything from from home but you know i have i have friends who sort of live abroad and we've got those time time zone differences but you're quite quite extreme you are although employment for students is based in the uk you live in new zealand um so that's sort of a, a nice sort of extreme in terms of remote work and so how have you found that in terms of all your staff being remote but you're also remote i guess you've been remote for quite a bit longer than they have yeah, it's actually been quite nice in the way having them remote now as well. I, I don't feel like the odd one out um, like I was when I first moved over here. So, um, yeah, in some ways it's been a positive there. But, yeah, it, it is very different. Um, yeah, obviously have got a time zone uh, consideration here as well. But but fundamentally, the, I guess some of the key things are around that communication and teamwork. Um, yeah, it's a, you have to work a little bit harder. Um, I guess you found out with group projects at university as well. You can't just, you know, go in and... It's much harder just to go and organise the time to go and meet and, and get something done and and read people's you know reactions and tones of voice and things. I mean, you know, video meetings are great and help with that, but yeah. I think they are all different. So there's definitely some skills there to be learnt around how to organise time, organise people, and uh, and communicate effectively 
in whatever is in a different location. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly interesting, isn't it? Um, moving on to sort of in terms of with employment, especially for students, there's a bit of a cycle, isn't there? So you go, especially because where it's one minute is term time, the next is half term. You go in home, you get you go back to uni. Um, so, so looking forward, you know, how do you think students can best adapt to that, especially if they're unsure what opportunities are actually there when they get to uni or when they start sixth form? I guess it's about doing some research. I mean, now it's, it is easier. In a way, people say it's hard looking for jobs and there's so much information and, and there is a lot out there now. But as I say, when we first started, you know, you had to trawl through your local newspapers. And you, I studied down in Exeter. I couldn't get a job in Exeter until I actually went down there physically and, mm-hmm. and bought a local paper. So, you know, it was really hard to plan in advance. And same coming, you know, back home for the holidays, trying to get a holiday job. You generally had to wait until you got back and then pick up a local paper and start applying. And then, of course, you know, that kind of ate into your actual amount of time you could work because you're only starting the recruitment process, you know, once you're there. So, you know, in some ways now it's easier than ever, but there is a lot of information out there. So I guess it's about, you know, trawling through that and, um, yeah, being smart about the way you research things and, uh, yeah, I guess talking to other people and uh, find out what they did and what they've learned. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's just a case of, of doing the research. You know, sometimes you just got to wade through the information and, and make informed decisions. But I think when you're at university, it's a really great opportunity to try a variety of different types of job mm-hmm. to see what you enjoy, um, what you're good yeah. at, what you're not so good at. Um, and actually, yeah, don't be afraid to try some pretty random jobs that you maybe don't think you're particularly good at. Because even if you don't necessarily enjoy that role, there might be certain elements of the role you're actually really good at and didn't, didn't realise, um, which, which then, you know, would be similar to another job in the future that actually you, you would enjoy more i think as well sometimes it, it's sort of getting that first job isn't it quite not reluctant but you're nervous sort of thinking oh do i want to work for that business but so my first job was at primark and you know at first i was sort of thinking oh it's such a, a busy store it's such a busy environment but i learned so many key things that i sort of still carry forwards now in terms of you know the teamwork working in a stressed environment because that was sort of working on a weekend that was sort of everything was going 100 miles an hour so it's little things like that that even from a simple weekend job, that's your first ever job, you can learn those skills that you just carry forward to and develop further. And I guess that's one thing that people shouldn't live with themselves. You know, they might be going to university and applying for their first job, you know, just go for it. Might be sort of approaching sick form. You might have friends that, you know, I've been doing a paper round or working in, in a shop for the past few years, but certainly you just got to go for it, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. And, and some of the things you so say, some of the things you will learn in that kind of environment are transferable onto future careers. So, in a way, it doesn't really matter what those jobs are. I think as, as an employer who, you know, we hire people for a variety of different types of role. And I guess, you know, the more senior people you bring on, you're looking, there's some, you know, work type experience that people need, but a lot of it you can look past the actual jobs they did. And you're looking for kind of those, those core sets of skills. You know, like you talked about, we're going to organise yourself in a busy environment, uh, be able to communicate effectively with, with customers, uh, be able to operate in a, well in a team. Those are all really important skills you need pretty much any job at all. Um, and so, you know, whatever early job you get, you're going to pick up some of those skills and, and be able to demonstrate that on your CV, but also in an interview situation, you can go and give examples of how you dealt with those kind of situations to show you've got those skills. Mm-hmm. Even if they're in a completely different industry, it doesn't matter. Um, those skills get transferred across so yeah i think that's exactly right you, whatever the job opportunities you get just just take them try something you're going to learn something um so it's exactly. going to be useful and it's not for life no <laughs> that's very true um i guess especially with university you could literally do first term and then be done with it 
But yeah. if we quickly move on to uh, A-level results and GCSE results, a lot of those students, you know, the, the government were doing U-turns in terms of the, the the grading and some students still missing out on, on that. So I know it's hard because there, there's no one answer for all of them, isn't it? You know, some students might still have their place, some students have missed out on it. But what sort of advice would you give to those students? I know it's, it's hard because, like I said, there's no one piece of advice. But in terms of the students who have missed out, gap years are still a good option, but there's also a wide range of things they can do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was so stressful. I really feel for the, the students who've had this uncertainty around not being able to take their exams and now the, the kind of shambles around the grading. It's really, really tough on them. Um, and so not much they can do about it. They've just got to roll with it. So it's really, really hard. But again, I guess it's about looking for the opportunities in adversity. Um, yeah, I, I did a gap year before university and again after university and I thought it was a brilliant thing to do. Um, but now there's also things like degree apprenticeships that have come out so you know if you missed out on university or we maybe maybe you've not got your first choice you're not sure about whether to go you know it is a big commitment both in terms of you know the yeah. future costs um and it's you know it's three years of your life so yeah I think, again i think it's just worth trying to take a step back um stay calm about it just think as clearly as you can and just just evaluate you know what you really want to do and and what your opportunity opportunities and options are as I say, if you kind of know what career you want to get into, um, then degree apprenticeships are really, really good because, you know, you don't pay the tuition fees uh, fundamentally. No. You, you get some of that university experience. You also get some on-the-job uh, on training and you get paid as well. So they're, and they're, and they're across loads of different sectors now. So if you want to go into law or accountancy or engineering, there's, there's great opportunities with really, really good companies. Um, so you get some excellent training and the qualifications and you get paid and he doesn't you know you're not paying tuition yeah, fees exactly so they're really really good um but yeah i mean a gap even just taking a year out to just you know reset is mm. is brilliant again there's some really interesting work experience you can do it's an opportunity to try different types of roles and you know who knows maybe we'll be able to travel a bit more you know in 2021 so uh if you get a well-paid job and save some money then you know, it could be as as things open up that maybe you get some traveling as well which is such a good experience mm -hmm. so how I, did I you find your gap here yeah, so my, my gap year was, I know it's a completely different situation, but I sort of empathise with a lot of students because I didn't get the results that I was hoping for. Um, but the path I chose to do an apprenticeship, um, didn't enjoy it, so it left shortly after it started. Um, it's quite quite a rough few weeks because, like like you said, it's so uncertain, you don't know what you're going to do. You've sort of planned this in your head for, for months beforehand and it sort of, everything almost comes comes down raining on you. But yeah, I think my, my advice for students is it's not the end, you know. I, I ended up having a gap year going to uni, um, working in a little Tesco Express store. But I think though that opportunity, that work in the store gave me was, you know, I would never have got that anywhere else because I was able to get the chance to be a supervisor and learn those learn those skills that, you know, teamwork, team management, um, sort of all those interpersonal skills. And also it was quite nice getting that sense of responsibility. So yeah, I, I didn't go travelling on my gap year, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and those are the experience you've got is it really stands you apart. There aren't many students you know, who have that kind of leadership role on their CV at, at that age. So yeah, it's something really positive's come out of that. Absolutely, yeah. Because sort of for some people ask me, well, do you not regret sort of leaving the apprenticeship? But I think it's just it's dependent on the person, isn't it? But I think looking back on it, the one benefit of the, an apprenticeship is you know everyone says getting your foot in the door. So 
a lot of the times you know you go to university you you get your degree then it's sort of afterwards you've got the job search but I think apprenticeships are really underrated in that in the fact that you know you've got that job security for afterwards and so as we look forward after the post-coronavirus world you know hopefully in three year time we would have recovered by now but it certainly probably will be tricky to get a job still so I think that's one thing that you know people taking a gap year due to their results because you should definitely consider because you've got that job afterwards exactly and that's one of the things from the financial crisis one of the learnings from that was it did take quite a few years before those graduate job numbers started to come back so you're right there will be competition for graduate jobs for the next you know two or three years probably yeah. what sort of what are your plans moving forward you've got an internship calendar coming up haven't you yeah we do um it's yeah it's a new feature that we we're going to get up this year just to help students uh with internships they're such an important uh, opportunity uh, for students to take up as part of their studies so at the moment there's a lot of each company will have their own different deadline as to when you have to apply by um, and as a student I had no idea you know when those kind of deadlines were or no, so many um, of them isn't there flying around exactly and they're often quite early as well a lot of them before Christmas um, you know to start the summer you know the following summer so they're pretty early which a lot of students don't realize is when they first you know turn back at university getting stuck no. in and I was quite used to miss the deadlines. So, yeah, the point of this feature is just something that students can import into their calendar and they've got a list of uh, those deadlines there so they don't, they don't miss any opportunities. And I guess you work with quite a few of sort of the, the UK's leading brands and a lot of those are multinational corporations and a lot of those, you know, where they have so many applications, like you said, it, it does close early. So sort of open September, close in December. So you really sort of got to get there in there early. So that'd be very helpful, actually. Exactly. I hope so. And they're quite a big time commitment, these corporate internships. As I say, I think they're well, well worth it. They're great programs, um, you know, well paid and, and great training opportunities and great chance to network as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're really, really valuable. Um, but each of them can be quite a significant time investment. So students do need to kind of work out which ones they want to go for, plan ahead and, and build that into their schedule. So hopefully this who each will help them do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And just to finish off, if you could give students one single piece of advice, what what would that be? What would your wise words be? Wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, on the spot, haven't I? Yeah, I think it's about being open minded and just enjoying, you know, your your early years. A lot of students have very limited responsibility, um, and that's that's a great time in your life. You know, you've got the opportunity to go out and work earn your own money, start living your own life, make your own decisions, just embrace that. I mean, you will make some mistakes, but uh, just embrace the opportunity and, and try lots of different things, try different jobs. Don't, and don't put yourself under too much pressure. You know, you're still pretty young, uh, generally speaking. And so, you know, whereas historically, I mean, my sort of parents and grandparents generation, the job was a job for life. They go into one industry, they'd pretty much be stuck there. Whereas that's completely changed now. So again, don't put too much pressure on yourself to go and, you know, have all the answers at this age just mm-hmm. I think keep your eyes and ears open to any opportunity and don't be afraid to take them um, just see where they end up and if you don't like them then you know you can change tack pretty easily these days yeah exactly Chris thank you very much for that hope you enjoyed being on the podcast and hopefully we'll have you back sometime soon I hope so it was great thanks Ben thank you very much Chris take care thanks you too bye we hope you enjoyed listening and picked up some valuable tips or advice. If you did enjoy, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you're looking for student jobs, from part-time jobs, gap year roles, apprenticeships, internships, placements or graduate roles, head to e4s.co.uk. See you next time.